morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have Mario, the Node Defender, joining us. Mr. Johnny Crypto is in the building. And Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, are all here to bring our listeners some crypto gems. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how BlackRock CIO calls crypto a durable asset, stating prices will go higher within the next three years. We tell our listeners the pros and cons of investing in volatile assets. Kevin O'Leary is bullish long-term, stating he's using this opportunity to average down on fundamental projects, while Mad Money host Jim Cramer is living up to his name, calling for a $12,000 Bitcoin. Is Tetherfud coming to a close? The company announces a full audit from a top 12 firm, stating stablecoins will become more sustainable than traditional banks. Cardano is launching a native light wallet, a competitor to MetaMask, while Solana creates a proposal to take over a whale account a misphere of network liquidation, completely undermining the purpose of decentralization. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So we are back on this beautiful Monday morning. And of course, there is so much scare and fear in the market. We're going to bring that certainty, but we'll start off with the Node Defender, Mario. How are you feeling on this Monday? And welcome in, my friend. Appreciate that, Abs. I'm feeling amazing, man. I had a really good weekend. Uh, I got a little bit of a sunburn, so my face may look a little bit more red than usual. That's just uh, what happens when you have skin that can't really tolerate sun too well. So, But feeling amazing otherwise. It was a great show on Friday. Thanks for the opportunity to host once again. But I'm really glad that you're back. I'm glad that Johnny Crypto's back. And I'm really happy to see Gonzo here with us this morning too. Thank you so much, Mario. You did amazing and I appreciate your shout outs. It was so fun watching it from the outside view and just being a fan. You guys all did awesome. I want to kick it to Gonzo next. Gonzo, we got this Monday morning. It seems like everyone's feelful, but I know you got the diamond hand shirt on. What's on your mind this morning, and how are you treating this very, very bearish price action? Uh, good morning, everybody. And, yeah, shout out to Mario. You did an excellent job. I watched the show on Friday, so you did really good. I was proud of you. Um, yeah, you know, I, to me, it's like just more of the same. Like, we expected this. We, we expected that we were going to get uh, a major pullback. We were looking at this level for 17000 right? And then now we know something. Now we know that Bitcoin did something that it's never done before, where it broke the previous all-time high that was at 19000 right? So then now we're just looking at levels, right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if as we go into the new moon, um, I totally forgot when the date is, but that we're going to get some, um, you know, the, we usually get our microcycle top um, and then grind in. And then again, I'm still leaning towards the fall being the exact uh, or the lowest point or the very bottom. And it's been interesting to see that we came down, tested that 17.5 for support, and then got a recovery pump. We almost closed above 21,000 last night, and that was going to be a very key level whether Bitcoin was going to continue bullish or bearish. And we didn't get back above that 21,000, so it's going to be very interesting these next couple weeks. But we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is back after nearly a week off of the show. I was getting DMs all weekend. People are saying, where is he? Is he alive? He is alive and well. I'm going to kick it to Johnny, and it was great seeing you, my friend. I was chilling actually with the baby Yoda. You know, he's really, really cool. We were meditating and we were getting prepared for the show. But first of all, good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. Um, it's, it's good to be back. I missed all you guys. I missed all your beautiful faces and hanging out with you guys. I missed all the interaction with the warrior maniacs. So I'm glad to be back and 
and see them all out there. Mario, you did a fantastic job hosting on Friday. Abs and I were watching as much as we could. And, uh, you know, Abs should be worried. You know, he might be out of a job, too, like Joe Rogan. But nonetheless, you know, I think it's going to all work out. But, you know, it's really it's interesting because it it was freaking hot as hell down there. But it wasn't the only thing that, that the hots were going on down there. So I just wanted to share with you guys a special moment we had when we were down there. As you all know, we were we were down there together and I ran into Abs and we hooked up and we were hanging out. You know, we went to Disney together and Minnie. You could see Minnie had the hots for Abs. You could see she was blushing, the eyelashes. She was all like, oh, a little cuddly dance. Yeah, yeah, you can see the love. But I'll tell you what, man, Mickey, yo, he was not having – he had, he didn't want any of that. He's like, yo, get this guy out of here. Get him away from my girl. Yeah, what are you doing bringing him here? So he didn't want no, – no, nothing to do with Mickey. Uh, Abs, he wanted her, him as far away as possible from his woman. But it was all good at the end of the day. We had a good time, and we ended up uh, – enjoying a nice meal together so it was a really really good time down in disneyland and it was great to oops i gotta end that it was great to uh to just get some time off and refresh recharge the batteries hang out with the boys and everything was good we definitely need to do a 3t family one though we get everybody down there it would be it would be awesome 100 johnny crypto i'm gonna hold you accountable and i think you should buy the entire team the fast passes for our universal trip we're gonna start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you guys our good morning crypto twitter account at 3tgm crypto on twitter you get access to our entire team me and johnny crypto will be live at 8 p.m tonight I'm sure Gonzo and Mario will be there as well. It's always such a great time. We're going to kick it into the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. We are still sitting in single digits this morning. Of course, that's extreme fear. Johnny Crypto, any quick comments for our listeners? You know, I mean, we've been saying this for a while that we're probably, you know, in this month, in this time of the year, historically, we continue to stay in the low zone, you know, the fear zone, single double to single digits. For about two to three months, and if you look at it, last year, if history is any indication, we're probably coming close to the end of it. Maybe by end the middle to end of July. Been saying that for a while now. I think we're gonna get a little bit. Of, we've been so beat up. This market has been beat up so bad. Like it fought Mike Tyson. It's like when Carla Truth Williams fought. Didn't even last a minute. He got his ass kicked, and that's kind of what's happening. But I think we're starting all the bad news. A lot of bad news has come out already, and bad news drives you down. And good news drives you up, right? So we know that institutions are packing the bags. We know we know a lot of elites are packing the bags. A lot of billionaires are packing the bags. They're all talking about it now. This is the time where they're DCAing in. You're going to hear from Kevin O'Leary soon. You're going to hear what he's doing. So for me, yeah, this little fear zone, I think we're going to get it for a little bit longer. Um, and, and, and when it goes by, you're all going to be pissed. You're like, damn, why didn't I dollar cost average? In? But I understand why it's very fearful right now. It's very, and fearful. something that's clear to me is that the market became way too over leveraged. People became extremely wealthy way too fast. And a lot of people didn't take advantage of those profits. Now they're caught on the back end and everyone's panicking, but this is the worst time to exit the market. And we're going to bring you guys a couple of billionaires who are showing us how they're navigating right now. We got BlackRock and Kevin O'Leary saying that not only are they bullish on crypto, but they're using this time to accumulate. With that being said, we are going to hop into the total coin market cap for today. We are sitting at $914 billion. Bitcoin is 43% dominance. Ethereum is 15%. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,800 this morning, and we are going to deep dive. Everyone is questioning, are we going lower? We're going to break that down. Ethereum, $1,100. Cardano is $0.50. Cents. XRP is $0.32. Cents. Solana is managing to hold here. And all of this bearish news, we're still getting bullish price action. Very interesting. Up 35% on the week, sitting at $36. AVAX, 17 bucks. 
Stellar, 11 cents. Algorand, 32 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph, back above 7 cents this morning. Hopefully, we found some form of a local bottom. Gonzo, what's on your mind? And how are you feeling about Bitcoin? We touched 17.5. We've recovered back over 20. What's on your mind? Yeah, you know, I just took advantage. Like I said, uh, I'll be dollar cost averaging for the remainder uh, of the year. Um, so because I'm trying to catch, uh, you know, a good spread because we're not going to be able to time the exact bottom, right? So I actually uh, actually got some Ethereum this weekend. Um, and and for those of you that are trying to like, maybe you don't have a lot of money, you're just trying to, you're trying to time the bottom as best as possible, right? Um, if you want to like compare the alts, and why we always talk about Bitcoin, go look at the charts, right? Time up the timeframes of when Bitcoin dropped down to 17,000 and then after what happened to the alts or what happened to Ethereum, right? And you'll see why we're always talking about it because if you can predict what Bitcoin is doing, then you can kind of guesstimate where the alts are going to go. So when we talk about that, hey, we could go down lower, it's going to give you uh, a kind of price estimate to where if you want to start dollar cost averaging. For me, I... I don't want to make it that complicated. So I'm just going to keep DCAing, right? So I have my utility tokens, the ISO tokens. Like I said, I finally got some Ethereum, but you know, I stopped, right? Uh, I think I got it at like nine something, 900 and something. Um, I think Ethereum can go lower, right? We're looking at the charts and what I think Bitcoin's going to do in the future. You know, uh, I'm looking, I was saying six to 800, but I, I think that Ethereum could go e even lower. I think we can blow 600. We can go maybe a $400 Ethereum, as incredible as it sounds. But basically what we'd see is a 95% correction on Ethereum. Exactly. And what we're going to break down today is that these markets are about to go through a growth wave we've never experienced before. We got regulation coming in the next eight months. And when that comes in, a lot of the projects that everyone feels comfortable with today are going to get wiped out. And a lot of the projects that people don't feel comfortable about are going to explode. I want to kick it to the node defender next. Mario, we're watching the market this morning and people are afraid. Everyone's questioning whether we're going deeper. But what's clear to me is that Bitcoin is nearly 70% down from its all-time high. And traditionally, during a bear market cycle, we will go over 80% during a pullback. So do you think this is the local bottom or are you expecting more bearish price action in the short term? Yeah, I mean, in previous times where we've been analyzing the uh, the market, uh, especially especially as we started creating a bearish pattern a couple months ago, I was pretty I was pretty adamant that I thought that we were going to hold the previous all-time high just because that's what history has shown us so that's what I was holding on to. We've just we've just seen that we were not able to hold that all-time high, but we were able to close the week on that all-time high so that was pretty good. That was pretty good for the market as far as that's concerned. But I mean, we've lived these last two years have been unprecedented times. We've gone through a, you know, different crazy stuff and and then the market is just giving us everything that that's also unexpected and unprecedented. So that's the way that I'm interpreting it at the moment is that we didn't hold that all-time high level. We're now back above it. We can treat this as buying an opportunity. These, this is this is perfect time to be doing the, some dollar cost average. Can we go lower? My gut feeling is telling me that yes, we will go a little bit lower. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we can't time that bottom because it's just impossible to time that bottom. It's impossible to time the top when you're at the top. And I put out a video on my channel on Saturday, kind of giving people a perspective of, of how to interpret the market when you're when you're in the bear market or as far as dollar cost averaging in. And if you're putting your money little by little, it just it, it gives you a good average. So, you know, trying to time that 15,000 or 17 and a half thousand or 12, you're going to get a good average if you just put your money incrementally and, and, and add a little bit at a time. 
I got to admit, I wasn't caught off guard the fact that we did to 17,000 over the weekend, but it was eye-opening for me that we are breaking traditional market cycles, right? And me and Gonzo have had conversations about this. Every single cycle, we never break below the previous all-time high. Well, guys, that theory's over with. We broke below our previous all-time high, but we do have some amazing content here. We always show this rainbow chart because it's a clear indicator of where the bottoms are, Johnny Crypto. And when we get into this blue range, historically, it's been a bear market bottom and it's been a great buying opportunity. We are entering that range right now. How do you feel about the overall markets? What are you treating? And what does this chart tell you? Even if we stay in this blue range and just trade within that range, we're about to head bullish because we've experienced so much bearish price action. How are you going to be approaching the market, Johnny? All right, a couple things. So I got something to share with you guys as well. First of all, I wouldn't say we're about to be, oh, and that chart go. I wouldn't say we're about to be, uh, pull that chart. I wouldn't say we're about to be bullish, right? We're just starting to touch it. And if you look at the other um, periods, so, you know, prior times when we touched it, we touched it and we stay there for some time. Um, it looks like almost a year or two. So we could be in this zone scraping the bottom. We're literally just getting there. So we could be scraping it. You look at 2015 to 2018 or, you know, it was about two years where we scraped the bottom. 2019. Johnny, just to make a quick comment there, even when we were scraping the bottom, what got me <clears> excited is that we entered that blue range at $150 and we exited that blue range two and a half years later at over $1,000. So even though we were trading in that lowest range, that price, I mean, it still did a 5X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, that's a fair comment. I, I think just to, just to be clear to everybody, yeah, I think we could be in this zone, in this blue area. I don't want people to think like we hit it and we're out of here because I personally think we're going to be going sideways for a while. And I think we might even go down. There's still some bad news or narratives that could come out. You know, if Tether collapses, I we're going lower. We're, we're going we're gonna to touch, we're going to touch, you know, 7,000 or 12,000 BTC. I think if that should happen. Um, you know, so some, so let's think there's some FUD out there that could bring it down even lower, but what's interesting, what has me kind of somewhat excited, I'm going to share with you guys. I, you know, I did a poll this weekend just to kind of get a feel of the people. Cause that's really what matters. It doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter what you think. It's really what the collective whole thinks. And this is the first time I've seen this where I, the previous poll that I shared with you guys, 50% of the people still thought we were in a bull market. Well, check out this poll. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Not a single person thinks we're in a bull market anymore. So that's good. Uh, you've got, but interesting, you still have a lot of people thinking we're in a sideways market where they don't feel we're in a full bear market. But this gives me some confidence that we're kind of getting close-ish to, to you know, bottom, bottom of the sideways market, right? And, um, and uh, oh, well, hang on. Where did my screen go? It was the only thing I wanted to share with you. Uh, put my screen back up there. So check this out. Um, if you look at oops, what actual people think we're going to, this was actually even more interesting poll. So we've been saying on this show that we thought 17.5 would be the bottom. I think we, we even talked about with someone the other day, like looking at where we could dip to. And it's interesting. It's, it's kind of a little bipolar response here. So we had two large numbers. People think we're either going to 17.5 or they think we're going to under 10. And, uh, and, I, and you know it is possible. I think if we do hit Tether, if Tether blows up, that will be the news that can scare the shit out of everybody and drive this thing down to maybe 12,000. Or we'll see how low we can go. I don't know. But it's interesting that the mentality of people think we still have, you know, a good 40% of people still think we're nowhere near the bottom and still think 10,000 and under is coming. So, and Johnny, you keep referencing the tether news. It's really interesting because we are going to cover that today. All that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, it may be unwarranted as a top 12 firm mm. is now going to be auditing tether and pretty much exposing the game for us. There was a lot of rumors that tether was holding Chinese bonds this weekend. They actually proved that that is not the case. But Gonzo, I saw you had a comment. Floor is yours. 
No, I was just going to say, I, I don't even think it's so much that it's going to be FUD. And we're going to talk about it when we talk about that article. But I, we're seeing a repeat of history, right? We're seeing what happened in the dot-com, right? In 99 to 2000, after the everything, all this hype was all about dot-com. All this money got thrown in. There was no real value in these companies and they went away. So we're seeing a version of that, right? We're seeing a version of the marking correcting itself, cutting out the extra fat. Like there was so much money in the system and all around crypto and assets that people started to get greedy and they over leveraged, right? So the market is going to play itself out. You're going to see these platforms or these investment funds that got over leveraged. And as we come down, um, they're going to get liquidated, right? And they're going to go away. And that's nothing to be scared of. I'm not trying to like frighten people, but um, it's the natural progression of a market. It's what happened in uh, 99 to 2000 with the dot-com bubble burst. We're going to see that again. And what's left is going to turn into the Amazons and the Googles in the future. And we're going to be here to invest in that. Exactly, Gonzo. And that's what gets me really excited right now. We got 190 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are going to continue to be the most consistent, impactful crypto team on the entire internet. But we're going to hop into our first article for today, which is actually some very, very interesting BlackRock news. BlackRock CIO Bitcoin and crypto are durable assets and prices will move higher. Amidst all this bearish price action, we have some of the largest players in the market saying that they're not only adopting crypto for the long term, but they think that prices will recover. When you keep policy too easy, the leverage builds within the system and then it capitulates too quickly. Crypto became far too over leveraged and people got rich way too quickly. I still think Bitcoin and crypto are durable assets. It's a durable business, but there is so much excess leverage built around it. Markets go down five times as fast as they go up, and that's what you're seeing right now in the crypto market. I think this is a healthy recalibration that's going on, and it's a question of how much recalibration, how far that's going to dip. It's pretty hard to understand the intrinsic value. What's it worth? It's worth what the next person's willing to pay for it. That's what's created so much uncertainty in this market. But here's what gets me excited. My sense is in all these situations, you overshoot. People get far too bearish. It looks like if you take a two or three year outlook, Prices will be higher than they are today. This market is extremely hard to figure out, just like gold is. But back in November, he said that cryptocurrency was here to stay and even stated that Bitcoin could replace gold in the long term. He also owns a small piece of Bitcoin and says that he likes volatile assets because they go in both directions. So this is a really exciting time, not only to hold cryptocurrency, but to watch what the big boys are doing. I'd love to start off with Gonzo here. What caught my attention is that he said two or three years, and we always talk about how the big boys move slowly and methodically. This is another example of that. Retail is more fearful than ever, while all of these institutions are more confident than they were just six months ago. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, so I am by no means or stretch of imagination a fan of BlackRock, right? But you can't argue with the fact that they have $10 trillion in uh, under management for assets, right? So when they talk, people should listen. But this is exactly what I was just talking about. This is just a not, I think when we look back on 2022, they're going to talk about, people are going to talk to us like, man, I can't believe you were alive for that or you were around for that, for the opportunity that's going to come about, right? I think that this space is so over leveraged, um, you know, that Terra Luna and Three Arrows Capital, that's just the beginning, right? We just got, uh, we're going to talk about Solana, right? The liquidation, we, you, we don't know how that's going to go because there's a different vote that's going today, but that had the potential of going to zero. Imagine what that does to the market, right? Into the Solana DeFi space, right? And I think we're going to continue to see that as we go through the year. Also, because there's confluence with it, it's a Shemitah year, right? We get volatility throughout the year, and then we get towards the end of Shemitah with 
which this year is September 26th, I believe, um, we either get a major financial collapse right at the end or right uh, right before the end or right after, right? It's what happened last time with um, the dot-com thing um, going into 9-11. And so I think we're going to see that again. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be Tether or or, or, or one of the other ones, but we're going to continue to see these platforms that were over leveraged um, go away. They should go away, right? They shouldn't get saved because that's why we're in the space, right? That's the old financial uh, um, markets, right? Where they go in and do bailouts. Uh, like if you made bad decisions, that's one thing that a bear market does is that if you're a bad management team or you make bad decisions, the bear market will expose you. Exactly, Gonzo. And since I butchered this last time, I'm going to get it correct. 213 live listeners out there. Show some love. Smash that like button. If you're looking for any of these three beautiful individuals here, social medias are linked down below. And if you're looking to understand the crypto market and the fundamentals of this space, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to everybody, including Coach JV. He does a live portfolio update every single Thursday. And if you're looking to get in for free and just get exposure to our community, the best place to do so is in our Discord listed down below. But with that being said, I want to kick it to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Another very important detail in this article is he said markets go down five times as fast as they go up. So since this market is corrected so sharply and everyone's become so bearish, it's actually a good indicator that we may have just ripped the Band-Aid off. What do you think this says to you? And do you trust these BlackRock spokespeople? First of all, they're the biggest snake rat weasel institutions in the world out there. They're the worst, right? We know that. We know they're extremely corrupt. However, as Gonzo rightfully said, they are also uh, the they are actually the largest, right? At ten trillion dollars, they control anything and everything. They can make anything, and when you got that kind of money, you can pull strings and do anything you want. So it's always suspect to me, you know, what they're doing. But the reality is, they can do anything they want. So let's put them aside and kind of try to weave through what we think is happening here. <laughs> we know that there are some technologies here that will survive in the long run. We know folks are investing in those and we want to try to find what those are and make sure we're in those as well. Because I do believe that there are certain plays here that make sense and there are going to be opportunities to buy them <coughs> in this zone. And again, you're never going to catch the bottom. Nobody on this show is ever going to tell you that we think this is the bottom. What we're going to tell you is we think when there's decent times to dollar cost average in. When you're sitting on that blue line on your rainbow chart there, this is a good time to DCA in. Could we go lower? Absolutely. But you're not going to catch the bottom. You're just going to DCA when it makes sense. I just DCA'd this week. I bought some, you know, for, for you know, sometimes I run two different accounts, but bought some B I bought some Bitcoin, bought some Ethereum, I bought some Algo, bought some Cardano, and I bought some Quant. And those, are, those are five of my favorite. Uh, in, in, in addition to the gaming stuff that I bought the week before. So this is great DCA in time. I will continue to DCA in because can we go lower? Yeah. Oh, so here's the most important thing when we tell you DCA. Take maybe 20 or 30% of your money in DCA. With Don't use all 100%. Never unload everything. You have to unload. Your goal is to unload about 50% on the way down. And then when it flips and starts going up, you put the other 50% in or close to it. Because now you know the knife has fallen. It's bounced. It's sitting on the ground, and you pick it up. You don't want to. You want to get stabbed by that knife. So you, you're going to catch some on the way down and some on the way up. And to your point of why we sell five times faster than we buy, that's an easy one. I and mean, let's face it, everybody's always more fearful than happy. When you're fearful, shit happens and it happens quick, right? So there's, and that's why we talk here at the Three T Academy. You need to have an exit plan because when that euphoric peak happens, it doesn't last for long. 
because fear starts to come in and people start dumping. And you see it. We go down way faster than we go up. It takes four, five, six days to go up. And literally one day you can lose the whole damn thing. So you need to have an exit plan. Go to getmerlincrypto.com. Sign up for the free 30-day trial. Get yourself prepared for the next bull run that's going to happen. Don't let the elite steal your money on the next run. Anybody who hasn't checked out what Merlin is yet, you're in for a huge surprise. Go check out their Twitter at – Johnny, can you say the ad again? I forget what you said for the Twitter account. Yeah, it's at Get Merlin. Oh, there it is. Mario, you're the There man. we go. At, at Get at Merlin, Merlin Crypto on Twitter. You get access to Johnny Crypto and that entire team. They're a software company developing things that are going to change the game in this space. I expect it to be a global brand very, very soon. But we're going to show you guys both sides of the coin. We brought you some bullish news. Now we're going to show you some bearish price action, and we're going to get some comments from our group. Because this is a clear a, a clear example of do as they do and not as they say. They're calling for the end of cryptocurrency, but anybody who's aware of this space and what's going on right now knows that we're closer to regulation and mass adoption than we've ever been before. And the fact that in a bear market, we're holding a, a, a $900 billion market cap, it's actually very exciting. But we'll let this clip play now and then get some comments from the group. The end of the crypto craze. Here to weigh in is chief economist of Europe Pacific, Peter Schiff, and entrepreneur Patrick Bet David. Peter, you've been on the show before about this topic. Been a tough couple months for crypto. Is uh, is this the end, or is it, have we hit the bottom? Well, we definitely haven't hit the bottom. I kind of hope it's the end, or at least the beginning of the end, before more people have an opportunity to lose more money in this uh, pyramid scheme. But you know, you talk about all the the value that's uh, evaporated. It's just market value. There's no real value in Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies. They simply have a price. And as long as people are foolish enough to pay that price, uh, you'll have market value. But the only reason people want any cryptocurrencies is because they think they're going to get rich. They think there's a greater fool out there that's going to pay a higher price. So I'd love to stop there and talk about this greater fool theory that keeps emerging. We heard Bill Gates say it. We heard Jim Cramer saying it. Now we're hearing this snake rat weasel say it. It's very interesting that when prices are lower than they've been in the last 24 months, everyone on the, on the, on the side that is pushing retail away from crypto is calling it a Ponzi scheme and saying people are losing money. Well, let me just remind our listeners of something. If you bought Bitcoin in 2015, you were purchasing it for $115. So you could have bought four Bitcoin for 600 bucks Put it in a cold storage wallet and check your wallet in 2021 and you would have $240,000 off a $400 investment. So the fact that they're telling us that people are losing money and that he's ready for this Ponzi scheme to end, it's disingenuous. I'm going to kick it to Johnny Crypto here because I know he's got some comments. Oh, shit. First of all, I, Angelina, you need to let me know when you're on because I would love to hear her use the snake rat weasel in her promo. So make sure you let us know when you use it because I'll be watching that show. Um, you know, so first of all, you know, Peter Schiff, I won't call him a snake rat weasel because I think he's been trying to educate people about gold. I think the problem is he's a gold maxi and that's it. And he doesn't have an open mind. He's got the old school mentality thinking. The reality is <clears throat> he's not wrong either, by the way. There, it is a fool's gold mentality kind of thing where right now with Bitcoin, people are buying it because they think they can get richer. Same thing with cryptos. Where he's wrong is there are some of them that actually have real world utility solves. We just haven't got there yet. And, you know, for him to say he wishes it was the end, that kind of, kind of, you know, it's kind of like evil, you know, like, why do you got to wish that on anything? It's kind of wrong to do that. But he's a hater. So it's okay. I get it. And they want to get his stance. And he's, you know, but the couple things he said in there were true. There is still, we are in a speculative market yet. We really haven't seen full blown use case utilities of these cryptos and blockchains yet, but they're coming. 
And we're with that that chart we showed abs a few months ago. We need to bring that thing back up. I got to dig it up. We we we're, we went through the speculative phase of crypto, and now we're in the development building. We're building Rome. Rome is being built, boys. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take several years. And as we go through it, then some of these real world solves are going to be here, and they're going to be real good technologies. And and those who held and those who had horses in this race are going to you're going to have some winning horses here. In the long run, that's how I feel. So Schiff's not wrong in the short term. I think he's wrong in the long term, though. He's just being short-sighted that he thinks the whole crypto industry is a scam. And I don't believe he's right. I think there's a good chunk of it that all these coins are going to go away. But I think there are a good handful that are going to remain long-term. And Johnny Crypto, so the chart you're talking about is the technology adoption curve. And crypto is just following the exact same thing as the internet. We're getting tons of mass adoption rumors, tons of speculation before the technology is implemented. Then when the technology is actually starting to be used, the markets will pull back and we'll go into a long-term consolidation. That's exactly what we're going through here. But Gonzo, I'd love to hear from you next. Johnny brought up something very important. He said, Peter here is trying to tell us that he doesn't want people to lose money, but he wants crypto to go to zero. So it doesn't make any sense. He's saying polar opposite things. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, like um, Johnny said, it's disingenuine, right? There's a couple of things. One, uh, if you've spent any time in the crypto space, then you understand what's happening right now. It's our normal bear market, right? We've done this before. You can go back and look at the charts. This is something normal, right? It's just that every different bear cycle, there's a different narrative, right? Last narrative and the last cycle is that it was going to zero. This narrative, I think, will be the leverage one, right? When I say leverage, what what what, what the main story is going to drive the fear that drives the price down, right? Because the utility or the technology itself hasn't changed. Uh, what changes is the emotion or the sentiment in the market, right? Um, and, the, and then the other thing is this, is that we've seen this before, right? I was alive for it. In the 99, I said again, in the dot-com bubble burst, right? They said all these things. See, it was a scam. See, it wasn't real. It was this. It was that, right? The people that stuck by, like Coach says, tick on the dog, right, that were in the right ones ended up where are they at now? Amazon, Google, Yahoo, right? That's what we're talking about. We're not arguing with the fact that it's speculative. That's why we're here because we want the speculative uh, volatility, right? Because we're looking for that alpha. That's why I'm here, right? It's just a matter of picking the right ones. We understand that all the cryptos aren't going to make it past regulation, right? And that we see as this market is over leveraged, we now see that not all platforms or cryptos are going to make it through this bear market, right? But that's why we say do your own research, right? And make sure you try to pick the right ones that have utility, that have a real world solve that you see being used in the future and place bets on different ones because we don't know which one's going to be the winner, right? But this is nothing, uh, it's not like something new, us going through a bear market, right? We've seen this before. Exactly. And there's a reason that they say billionaires are built in the bear market. It's because the assets that were forex their value are now on sale for 25% of what they were six months ago. And the brilliant minds in this space are accumulating at this time. And that's exactly what we have right here. As Elon Musk tweeted out, I will keep supporting Dogecoin. And when someone asked him keep buying it, then he said, I am Mario. First of all, do you hold any Dogecoin? And second of all, why do you think Elon Musk is so supportive of this specific cryptocurrency? Well, first question, no, I don't hold any Dogecoin. I did at some point last year, uh, made a really good profit on it, sold it. That's it. I'm out of Dogecoin completely. And why does he continue to support it? I mean, I believe that I he, he sees something for the cryptocurrency that most people are not seeing. I think that the fact that Dogecoin is so cheap and it really operates much better 
compared to Bitcoin as far as being a, a people's currency in the sense that you could just exchange it back and forth without having to deal with with uh, expensive fees. And uh, I think it may have just begun as a, as a joke and then it just now got too big to be a joke and he's he continues to support it. I don't know what kind of support he's providing for it. He says he's buying. We know that he's been he's been helping with with the development and he's, he's been part of the foundation at some point last year. But we'll see what happens as far as that. I don't know. I I got mixed feelings, but I won't be investing just because Elon Musk says he's he's buying. I really think Dogecoin has had the run and now it really needs to cool off massively before before I would consider adding it to my portfolio. Well, here's what's exciting, right? Uh, currencies are the, the value comes from the use cases. And when you have billionaires like Mark Cuban and Elon Musk publicly saying they're going to continue to support Dogecoin, it makes it a safer bet than some of these other currencies like Shiba Inu that don't have these promising billionaires backing them the same way. Johnny Crypto, you got any closing comments here? I, you know, I don't know if I'd put Elon in the snake rack, rat weasel basket, um, but I don't, I still don't know what his affiliation is with or his what he has i i can't use this word so let me try to find a better word. i don't know why he's so in love with doge it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me on this one what his play is but i agree with what you just said when people when influencers or celebrities or anybody big time starts uh pushing these kinds of things they bring credibility to it and i don't know if doge deserves credibility for it but it's going to happen because people respect elon they trust him, and so it is going to bring some. You know, like here, we're all sitting there questioning: like, should we, should we put Doge? I have some because I bought it a long time ago at a half a penny. I'm going to hold on to it, but I'm not buying more of it. But can it be? It's a really. I'd love to know the agenda behind some of these things. Abs is the question: Why? What's the logic? We all know Doge has no utility at all. It's just a meme coin. Although I guess if you're going to now make it currency and you're going to allow people to buy Tesla's with it, it will have utility for that reason as a currency only. But I don't know. I just here's my here's my theory, Johnny. So when they did a poll, Bank of America did a poll last week and actually asked retail consumers, what cryptocurrencies are you holding? 26% of those consumers said that they were holding Dogecoin or Shiba Inu. I think it's a distraction pushing people away from the real world currencies like XRP, Algorand, Quant, HBAR, and moving them into some of these meme coins, which may have some short term profit, right? So you're going to have your friends and family saying, I bought Dogecoin at a penny and then it went to 70 cents. Wow, I love crypto. But at the yeah. same time, the end game here is traditional assets moving into digital finance. And when that takes place, it's the real world currencies that are going to benefit the most. So you're saying then that guys like Elon are in, in uh, are, are using this as a distraction. So then they are snake rat weasels if they're driving. All right. So then, then Angelina's right. I think Angelina should use, we should be using her. We should definitely use that in promo. We're gonna have to use that on the show more often too, I guess, for all these guys that are doing it. But shout out to yeah. Angelina. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> she, she, she's great. But uh, I said, yeah, I, 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 distracted. Terrible. I sense another T-shirt coming, Johnny. Yeah. Snake rat weasel. <laughs> at the end of the day, they're all snake rat weasels. I think we're gonna make I that. I see one. another we're T-shirt gonna, coming. Thank you, yeah. guys. And we're going to do that. We're going to make that. Right. Stay tuned, folks. We'll figure out how to get it out there, too. Exactly. And if you're enjoying yeah. this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. Over 225 live listeners out there. And we're going to show you why this is the most exciting time to be entering the crypto market, according to Kevin O'Leary, as regulation is not only about to change the markets and the way they operate for the next 50 years, but we are at the precipice of one of the largest price appreciations we've ever seen in any market. We'll let Kevin O'Leary break it down. Here we go. No, I'm actually averaging down on a couple of the big market cap names. I mean, one of the challenges, and this is this is proof now 
for why we need legislation and policy on crypto. Because if we had institutional capital coming in under the market, if they had allocated 50 basis points or 100 basis points to, let's say, Ethereum or Bitcoin, Solana, Polygon, whatever, you would have had a bid. Instead, because we're basically under-owned by institutions, we have tremendous volatility. I'd love to pause it there, and we're going to continue to let this clip play and get some additional comments from Kevin O'Leary. But Gonzo, I want to kick it to you. He said that institutions weren't able to allocate 75 basis points to this market because of the lack of regulation. What do you think regulation is going to do? We know it's coming out in quarter one of 2023. We've seen the documents. We covered it on this show. So this market is about to explode. We just have to be patient through these next six to eight months so we can get to the other side of that of that line in the sand. Gonzo, I'd love to hear your comments. Yeah, you know, this is why we talk about um, having a strategy and why we're dollar cost averaging for the remainder of this year, right? Because uh, when regulation comes in, we understand that um, it'll give the market clarity. It makes people feel better. Um, and then that's where we're going to see the institutional money finally feel comfortable. And when I talk about institutional money, I'm talking about retirement funds. It's in the billions and billions of dollars, just in retirement funds, right? Um, and all the other um, investment funds that are part of the traditional world, um, once they get clarity and they understand the risk, because they're all about risk, right? Because you're, you're dealing with um, people's retirement funds. I'll stay specific to that. Um, they want clarity. They want to know what the risk is. And so when we get that, um, you're going to get tons of money that get thrown into the system. Not, not only that, but regulation will also give us clarity. And some of these meme coins, right? are going to go away. Some of these projects um, that are taking liquidity away from the market go away and it starts to like focus the money into the projects that are going to be here for the future. Johnny, and what caught my attention here is that he's using this time to double down on the assets that he was buying a few months ago at higher prices. He also has a rule that he holds no more than 5% of any particular currency within his total makeup of crypto value. So it's very interesting to see that he's well spread out throughout the market. He's publicly said that he holds Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, Bitcoin. The list goes on and on. And I'm sure he has some of those coins such as XLM and Algorand. I'm not so sure about XRP. We got 237 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button while Johnny Crypto breaks down exactly what Kevin O'Leary is doing and what his thoughts are. First of all, you know, kudos to Mr. Wonderful. I mean, he, he he's done a complete uh, 180 because he was against crypto a while ago. And now he's really, again, this is like a smart guy. And when he took the time to research it and understood it, he realized there is some real world utility here and he wants to be there. Those are the kind of guys that I like when I like when I like seeing that happen. And he's so spot on where he talks about, I don't know if you played this part yet, but he's going to talk about leverage and why you should not use leverage in a speculative play here. Um, just to it's, watch this video. It's 12 minutes. It's a great video. I encourage everybody to go find 12 minutes of your life and go watch this full video because he says some really good things in there. But he's so spot on. that. And, and the funny thing is we've been telling you guys the same thing. We need institutions into this space because institutions provide the foundation, the stable foundation, so that you don't get all these whipsaw 90% retracements in every single freaking currency. Now, will you get it in some? Yeah. Just like in any stock, you're going to get a few that go up and crash and come down because they were illegal or they, they were scams, right? And they should crash. But the bulk of them should not be getting 90% retracements. That's how I know we're not in a utility market yet. This is a speculative market. When 90% of the, the value can come out of it, you're not in a true fundamental 
uh, utility market yet. We're not there. It's just not, we're not here. We're building it. It's in the process. So he's right. He mentioned some, some of the ones he's in. I don't know why he still loves Solano. I don't trust Solano at all. But anyway, regardless, <laughs> listen to guys like this. They're telling you exactly what we're telling you is we need regulation. And when that comes, the prices that are you see before regulation, you're probably never going to see those again. And that's why Gonzo and Mario and the No Defender and Abs, and we all talk about DCAing in now because we don't know where the bottom is. But it's as good as a time as any to start DCAing in somewhere along the way. Now, better than any, in my opinion. And we are going to get some additional quotes from Kevin O'Leary here, but Johnny Crypto brought up some things that are so important. The reason that institutions are going to change this market forever is because when there's money sitting on the sidelines waiting to enter on pullbacks, as opposed to, so let's say BlackRock has $100 million, they'd love to buy some Bitcoin. They can't buy it right now. The regulation isn't there for BlackRock or JP Morgan to go and purchase these things and sit on assets, but that day is coming and that's when this market's going to explode. We'll kick it to Kevin O'Leary here and then get some comments from Gonzo and Mario. And we've seen this before. This is not new. Um, it'll, you know, recover eventually, but this is the nature of crypto unregulated. And so my argument is this really should get us focused on policy right after the midterms. I'm hoping for policy on stable coins and then into other assets as well. NFTs, that kind of thing. We're at the nascent stage, but the volatility is because we don't have the institutional bid. The volatility is because we don't have the institutional bid. Whether you hear it from Johnny Crypto or Kevin O'Leary, it's a fact. Johnny Crypto, we'll go to you and then kick it to Gonzo. At the end of the day, when you've got companies that are putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into something, right? For when you and I, we go and we buy a thousand shares of whatever the hell we buy, a thousand coins of you know XLM or XRP. If we pull a thousand around, it doesn't move the price, okay? When you've got companies that are buying 10 trillion or a billion worth of this coin, they're going to move the price up and down. Now, when they're in it, if they start pulling out a half a billion coins, that price is going to drop. So they can't pull it out. So when they're in it, it creates that stability for it, right? Especially when they believe it, they want to get in. The, and then they'll hold it long term and they'll pull little bits of it out here or there along the way for profits. But again, they provide that solid foundation of wherever it goes up to. It's going to stay there when you've got, you know, a half a billion coins locked up that are barely going to move. And that's what. That's what he's referring to when he says that's why we need institutions. They are going to form that foundation so you don't get all this whipsaw that we're seeing right now. You aren't going to see 90% drops, you know, if somebody's got a half a billion coins locked up somewhere. It's just it's going to create more um, stability to it, and then more people are going to feel confident. More people come confident. Those those 95% people that aren't in crypto, guess what? They're going to start coming in, and that's you want to be in before they do. Exactly. Gonzo, I'd love to kick it to you here because we know that the institutions are going to change this game forever. And Johnny Crypto told us why. But what catches your attention on the fundamentals, right? The crypto market's still so small. Just three months ago, we were $3 trillion, way overvalued. Now we're all the way below $1 trillion and people are more afraid than ever. I'm going to keep reiterating that because this is the time to get involved in the market. This is the time to double down on education, double down on community, and maybe even double down on your DCAing process because we've showed this chart a thousand times this episode, and I'd love to just show it one more time before we get comments from you, Gonzo. We are entering a zone that has always been a buying zone. Now, unless we break traditional cycle here, this is going to be an opportunity for people like us to make generational wealth. Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, we're, we are not seeing um, anything new. Um, this is, we're in a nascent asset class, right? And if you look back at like the creation of the NASDAQ, right? This is how the tech stocks um, 
behaved uh, early on, right? Um, Amazon pulled back 95%, right? If you look back at its history. So this is, this is just showing us that we're at the beginning. This is how we move. Once we get regulation, um, we'll start to lose that volatility and, and these price points will start to stabilize at a real, <laughs> hey, Shelly, um, they'll start to um, stabilize uh, where they're supposed to be and will be more like the stock market, right? The stock market usually moves in small percentages um, at a time, right? It takes it a very long time to move three to four to 5%, right? Um, usually that's how the stock market works. So uh, um, all it is is that we're, we're in a brand new asset class. This is why we're here. Um, and then eventually we're going to get that stability that comes out in the future. And this is my favorite thing about having the node defender on the show. Any article I feel like I'm not capable of understanding, I kick it to my man right over there. And we have some very, very interesting news. Now, I'm not saying I don't understand this article, but what I am saying is that there's so much uncertainty right now around Tether. Nobody who's a retail investor really knows what's going to happen. But we're going to hear from our expert today. Tether is going to undertake a full audit by a top 12 firm for transparency over the USDT holdings. A business called MHA provides very detailed um. I can't say this word, assertions of its reserves. The Tether is working on a comprehensive audit. I think one of the top 12, it's not so bad. Typically, people go for a big four when they're being audited, but the big four will not audit cryptocurrency firms because, once again, there's no regulation around it. Tether shorts have come to an all-time high as Tether's value temporarily dropped below 95 cents, and everyone started to get worried about not only their reserves, but the potential for another Terra Luna collapse. Terra, I mean, um, Tether came out and said, we were put under more stress than even the banks could handle and succeeded with flying colors, proving that they're more sustainable than traditional banking and that the retail fear is unwarranted. I'd love to hear from Mario here. Mario, what catches your attention about the Tether collapse? And we all know that if Tether goes, this market's going to go. That's how you get these very scary Bitcoin price targets like 6000 or a 400000 Ethereum like uh, Gonzo was talking about earlier in the episode. What catches your attention here and what are you looking to see from Tether so we can have some confidence again? So ever since the Terra Luna collapse, uh, there's been a lot of FUD and a lot of fear around crypto uh, stable coins. And I think that the the one thing that that is really like that that biggest cloud looming up, looming over cryptocurrency right now or the market in general is the same thing that's been looming for the for the last few years, which is USDT, which is Tether, which is whether they're actually backing up the stable coin the way that they're supposed to. So we've been hearing this for a very long time. So this this is not anything that's new and it's not related to to the Terra Luna collapse. I mean, the Terra Luna collapse has, has triggered, in my opinion, uh, something negative in the space of stable coins because we've seen USDT depeg and it's been struggling to get back to that $1 exact value. It's been at like 0 0.998, 997, and it, it's significantly down when you look at a chart. And for a stable coin, I, it's a lot. So it's nothing new. Uh, we need to see something come out from, from Tether to really give people more confidence into what they're actually doing. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. The fact that we just saw this news come, come out today is positive. It does give me a little bit more hope. But um, I just think if there's smoke, there's fire. And we've been seeing so much smoke for so long that I'm just really I'm just really afraid that there is fire. And, and, and it will come out at some point. And yes, it will be because of the market cap of Tether. It will cause a dramatic um, chaos in the crypto market temporarily. And anyone who studies Tether and how it's kind of operated within this market, every time we get a bull run, 
Tether is magically printed out of thin air. And every time we're in a bear, or sorry, every time we're in a bear market and then we get some bullish price action, Tether is randomly printed out of thin air. And that's what creates so much uncertainty, right? Tether offers themselves or promotes themselves as being a stable coin, yet the value is fluctuating. When I first entered this market, I thought stable coins were what? Stable. I thought that the value, it wasn't possible for them to collapse. It wasn't possible for them to fluctuate. That is clearly not the case, Gonzo. And we're seeing that be exposed right here. Not only are we going to get an audit, we're going to get regulation. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see it once we get regulation if, if Tether survives, because then that's when they'll really, really have to, like, explain everything, right? Once that regulation comes in, if they want to survive the regulation, um, they're going to have to show that. But it seems like, you know, Mario was saying that um, we've had this cloud of FUD that has surrounded Tether since their inception, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy, but, but they're still here, right? They're still here. Um, and, and, um, I will, you know, I will say that they've held up to the stress so far, right? When the, with the terror collapse, when, when people were getting scared and, and they were pulling their, um, um, they were pulling their tether, they were able to cover, but we don't know where that line is, right? We don't know if they went all the way close to the breaking point, uh, and they're just acting like, oh no, you know, everything's fine. Um, you know, we, we survived the stress test. So we'll see, you know, hopefully, um, and, 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 and my personal opinion is this, is that I, I feel like at the beginning, it wasn't there. I think they were worst off in the beginning, right? And then as they've grown, they've been able to kind of cover themselves and make the money to back themselves, you know, to back it up. But I don't, I don't believe that they're there a hundred percent. But I think they were worst off at the beginning. I think they were faking it until they made it and they've come a long way and they've survived different things. But we don't know if a major, major event uh, could bring these guys down. So uh, I'm glad that they're doing an audit um, and, and maybe uh, we can get some more clarity on, on uh, how that ratio is broken up. Yes. And what's clear right now is that we're moving towards a more honest and stable, authentic market where there's less uncertainty. And that's what gets me excited. Tether came out and refuted these claims that their backings are not worth it. They said that we showed that in worst case scenario, when Terra was crumbling and the entire crypto market crumbled, the stock market was going down. They got tons of requests for withdrawals and they honored every single one of those requests within the minutes. So they're proving that they are, you know, stable, they are reliable and they are able to operate within a bear market. We got 241 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button while Johnny Crypto breaks it down. Yeah, so I see it a little different than you guys. So I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. I think the way the big boys work, you know, when Luna crashed, when Celsius crashed, did you have a nine-month warning? Jack, they've been talking about Tether crash for a year. Ever since I got into crypto, they've been talking about how bad. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just the opposite. Uh, I think the way the, the elites work is the opposite of what you believe. So they got everybody thinking Tether's going to crash. It's a great FUD story. It's a great way to bring everybody down. The reality is, think about this. Abs, you just said it. They print whenever they want to with Tether. It is their, it's their Federal Reserve <clears throat> printing press. Why would they crash something that they're using to buy everything? It doesn't make zero, it makes zero sense. Putting out a story that's going to crash and create FUD makes perfect sense. That's how they operate. But actually crashing a vehicle that they're using to print whenever they need to so that they could buy more stuff, I, I don't buy it. 
I don't think so. I think you bring up a very fair point, Johnny. We never get a warning before these collapses. And the fact that they're telling us now it's opening my eyes to what you're saying. Do you have any closing comments before we kick it over to our next story? That's what I'm telling you is don't, you can't fall into the narrative. You can't believe these narratives. You, they're not going to tell you when something's going to crash until it crashes. So I don't think I don't think I don't think we're gonna see Tucker crash. It's like Coach you know, he always says, know the game so you can't get yeah, played. We'll kick it to Gonzo. Gonzo, close us out here. I was just gonna say, you know, and maybe they've made enough money to now that or they have enough resources now where they have that stable backing where they started off. That's why that FUD, you know, that that's why we always have that narrative with them because that's how they started off. But they've made so much money that now they've stabilized themselves and they're going to be okay. But originally they didn't. Right. And they, and they survived everything. Yes. That could be it got, too. Exactly. And we got some more exciting news for you guys. We said we were going to cover development news and that's exactly what we got for you here. Cardano is going to be building a launch platforms first light wallet. So for people who don't know what a light wallet is, compare it to a MetaMask. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. According to the builder's assurances, the new wallet will offer users the ability to store, control, and manage their cryptocurrency assets, including NFTs, all in one place without needing to resort to an outside solution. The ultimate goal, according to the press release, is to turn Lace, which is the name of the wallet, into a full-fledged one-stop location where you have all your cryptocurrency assets on the Cardano blockchain. Mario, I'm going to kick it to you here. The floor is yours. Thanks, Abs. Yeah, I, th- I mean, that's a little bit of what we're seeing already for a lot of other blockchains. It's just that Cardano, as we know, it's this slower developing blockchain that likes to do things slowly and methodically to make sure that it's done correctly. And so what we're seeing here is sort of like a, a Web3 or not sort of. It's a Web3 wallet, sort of like MetaMask and Kepler, like you have for, for other cryptocurrencies, uh, for other blockchains, I should say, that will allow you to operate or, mm. or integrate with stuff like NFTs and so the same way that you operate your your MetaMask wallet, you can you can connect to DApps. You can have your asset, different assets that run on the Ethereum network. There, if you connect other networks, then you can see other other assets from those networks, and uh, it's good. I mean, Cardano just has this really slow development. Um, it, they have slow development, so that that causes people to get discouraged and 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 be impatient. But I really think that I agree with Johnny Crypto every time he talks about the Cardano. Is that Cardano being slow does not mean they're not going to be winners. You know, they're going, they're slow, but they're, they're being very strategic with how they're developing their blockchain and they could just come out on top. You just never know. I mean, Ethereum has got all these issues that we all know they have and uh, can they fix them? We're yet to see the merge or the ETH 2.0 that's now being called the merge has been delayed over and over time. And um, it, I'm super, I'm super excited to see what, what comes out of Cardano in the future, honestly. We love Cardano on this channel, and Johnny Crypto has been a huge advocate for it. But what catches my attention in the market right now is that while Bitcoin and Ethereum are experiencing these huge pullbacks, go check out the Cardano price chart. We held very, very solid support at that 45 cent range. I'll kick it to Gonzo, and then we'll go to Johnny Crypto. The floor is yours, Gonzo. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cardano had been pretty beaten up from its all-time high, and I I think it found a pretty good uh, floor. Um, But uh, what's the saying? You know, the turtle wins the race, right? and it, I think in the end, you know, the more that time goes on, the more I see being built. And I, Johnny's always talking about Cardano, the more bullish that I get on it, right? Especially when you start to see like the issues that Solana's having with the outages, the time thing messed up. Um, and now like this whole DeFi thing um, that's going on with, with the whale wallet. Um, it just 
points you to that direction that these guys are going to do it the right way. They're going to take their time. Um, and we all know that, you know, human beings as a, as a species, we're impatient, right? We just get impatient. We're always looking for that shiny object. And I'm guilty of it too, right? I got ADD, right? I'm like the whole squirrel, right? I do that all the time. So I, I think that we just need to be patient. I think in the end, Cardano's going to show what it's worth, right? And it's going to do things the right way. And when they roll things out, they're going to roll them out and you know that they're going to work. And when we talk about like institutional money coming in, they're not going to want to put billions into Solana when they're having outages and all this crazy things that goes on. They're going to go with the most stable, right? And the most cost-effective blockchain. And and it, right now, the way it's looking is that Cardano might end up being that one. Hey, Gonzo, you still do punch buggies? <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> you know, the reality at the end of the day is this. When you're developing <clears throat> excuse me, a, a complex technology, you don't freaking rush it, okay? And and Charles was part of Ethereum. I mean, for those of you who don't know, and if you, Jesus Christ, I'm losing my voice. For those of you who don't know. Here, I'll cover you while you're on there. Cardano <clears throat> is impressive. No, I'm just kidding, Johnny. <clears throat> no players, Hawkinson worked <clears throat> for Ethereum. So he was part of the whole process when they developed Ethereum, right? He knew, he knows what it took. He knows what they did. He knows where all the dead bodies are or the bugs, right? What needed to be fixed. And when he left, what better guy to go and start and build its replacement than the guy who built the first one? I mean, does you always learn? I'm a designer, right? You always learn from your first iteration the mistakes you made and you fix them in your second. That's why I loved Cardano out the gate. But as I started to learn more about him, he's a super Charles is a super smart guy, and at the, and he's building it slowly and methodically. He knows where the problems can occur, so he's building it slowly, testing it, and then rolling out piece by piece to eventually build. The whole entire city. He's building Rome, right? But he's not building the whole, you know, like Solano did. Oh, let's put a piece out and just throw it out there and let it run. And then the bridges are collapsing, the exits aren't working, the buildings are falling on people. He didn't want he knew that was gonna happen. Why do you think he didn't do it? Kudos to Charles for doing it the right way. And remember, in 2021, it was the most highly selected, it was the number one developed platform by by developers. So it's going to have a shit ton of apps coming out on it. And when he gets it right and it's functioning, it's just going to build more and more on top of it. So if you don't have Cardano in your bags, well, listen, I can't tell you what to do. I'm not a financial advisor. We are not financial advice or advisors. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. But I certainly love Cardano. And Abs talked on something we were talking about this weekend when we were in Disney. You can see that that price, when it hits 44, go watch the chart. Every time that thing hits 44, boom, there's somebody there buying it up. Big boys buying it up at 44. So I bought it at 40 for two. Now I'm not a big boy, but I'm buying it right here as well. I love it. I bought, somebody said Cardano or I got tissue. So thank you, buddy. Somebody said either Cardano or I'll go, which one? I'll tell you what I did. I bought them both this weekend in addition to Quant. Yes, thank you, Johnny. And what gets me excited here is it's so hard to find honest players within this market. But when you look at Charles Hodgkins, it seems like he's at least fairly honest. Do I think he's probably got people in his pockets telling him what to say? In some way, shape, or form, yes. But it gets me excited about this project specifically. I think Cardano in three or four years is going to be one of the most prominent DeFi projects in existence. But we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to the Node Defender. Somebody asked if XRP is a buying opportunity. You already know what it is. We are stacking that XRP. And we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go. Bring the monkeys. 
Yeah. <laughs> there we go.